What's going on, boys and girls? Welcome to yet another episode of the Murfanko Experience, Pittsburgh Baseball Now's very own podcast. And if you listened to last week's episode, you know what's going to happen today. We're given our rankings, uh, our personal rankings, I guess I should say, of uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates top 30 prospect list. And last week we went 30 through 21. And tonight we're going to go 20 through 11. So buckle up, baby, because here we go. But before we get into all that, I got to introduce my co-host for the night. And as always, we got Anthony, Big Bear Burf Dog Murphy, sitting there with his beautiful hat and beard. And right next to him, not physically, but in my heart, is uh, Louisiana Ted, Nola Jeffy. What's going on, Jeff? How you doing, man? Oh, uh, you know, just chilling, hanging out, just, uh, you know. Trying to not break out my fresh catfish I got to slap people with. Oh, Murph, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to seeing Noah slap some people with some catfish. <laughs> that would, yeah, I would definitely pay at least like $3.50 to watch that. I, mean, I, I am right beside the levee and, you know, the bayou is right down the street. So <laughs> now do you live next to the French Quarter? Uh, I mean, yeah, I can get there in five, ten minutes, if that. Okay, okay. It's, I'm, New Orleans isn't a very big – it's not a very big city. It's not a big footprint. Okay, yeah, I've never actually been going to go one day. I swear to God I am. But, boys, let's just dive right on into this, and let's give our uh, rankings for tonight. And we're going to start off at number 20. Uh, and that's current big leaguer, uh, Diego Castillo, for me at number 20. Uh, he hasn't put up, let's say, the offensive numbers that make your eyes pop out your head. But, I mean, he's shown versatility in the in the field. He's played right field, didn't look lost. I mean, he's played shortstop pretty well for a second base prospect listed. And he's played second base decent. So I think his defensive versatility kind of – I wouldn't say hindered him. It's just I want to see more pop in that bat before I start thinking top 15 with him. So I think number 20 is the the sweet spot for Diego Castillo right now for me. Um, Yeah, that's that's number 20. I don't know if that's the spiciest number 20 pick of the night, but uh, Murph, what you got at number 20, man? I got another current big leaguer. I, I put Cal Mitchell at, at 20. Um, one of my favorite players in the entire system. Like, he's just gotten better and better and better. I still – I mean, we, we kind of saw that play in the outfield the other, the other day. He kind of exposed his, his arm kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, still the lefty versus lefty thing. So, still kind of limits his upside overall. But still a really good hitter. So, I think top 20 is fair for him. Yeah, yeah, I have uh, – you're going to hear Cal Mitchell from me a little later on tonight, but 20, I'm not mad at it. It's not too far from what I think, so uh, not bad, not bad. Nola, you're wearing your spicy shirt today, or what I like to call the white people spicy with the cilantro, it looks like. So who you got at 20, man? <laughs> is it is it super spicy or is it kind of mid like we have? Uh, I mean pre- – Probably about mid. Um, I guess it's going to depend on which side of the spectrum you are of him. Um, I got I got Mason Martin at number twenty. 
Um, I, obviously, you got the big power that everyone knows about. Um, I think he has made huge advancements defensively, which, you know, something we joked about with uh, O'Neal Cruz's defensive errors and his struggles this season. I felt like it's done great things for Martin's defense at first because he's had to pick a lot of balls out of the dirt and he's saved <laughs> yeah. Cruz probably more a than a half. Yeah, probably more than yeah. a half dozen times he saved Cruz. Um, and I know that um, – I guess well, and I think Pirates made a comment about you know fast for a first baseman. I mean, he's got what six triples and like six or seven stolen bases. He's, he's got eight stolen bases. Eight, he's eight, got eight, yeah. yeah. But yeah, and he he has started to struggle a little bit, which is unfortunate. Um, and that is one ninety in in May. Yeah, yeah. The entire month and, of May, he was batted one ninety, and he's still slipping a little bit more, but um, hopefully he picks it back up and gets out of it. I tell you what, Juju was, uh, I don't know if that was anger from him or happiness that you have Martin at 20. Maybe he's like the rest of the Pirates fans. I don't think you like that. Yeah, Yeah. he was, he's throwing toys. He's not, it is, it's his bear. He's very excited. Um, He's throwing (laughs) his bear around. Okay. He's happy. He's happy to see y'all in Big Bear. Oh, uh oh. Oh, Murph got the koozie going. What you drinking, Murph? Oh, that's not a koozie. Ginger ale. That's not a koozie. Okay. No, it looked like a koozie. No, it's it's a cup I get from a Wizards game I went to. Oh, okay. Theft. I paid 15 dollars for a drink. I'm yeah. Oh, 15. I'm paying 15 dollars for a drink. I'm keeping the cup. All right. Uh you stay on the line and I will contact the authorities. Just hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Martin at 20 is is rather fair. I like that. It's rather yeah. fair. Um, I, I'm a little biased, so I have Martin a little higher. Uh, I'll admit, but eh, it is what I it is. I finished with him at like 22 last week, I think. So, like, I wasn't far off from it. No, either, so. no, no. He didn't make it the second day cut for you. Um, what are we at? 19. Nineteen. Nineteen for me is. Uh, <laughs> Also, current big league guy, that's Yuri De Los Santos. Um, I think he's been nothing but the picture of consistency coming up through the minor leagues. I think he has, what, 150-plus innings pitched so far in his career in the minor leagues. So uh, pretty big track record as far as relievers go because that's basically what he projects to be as a back end of the uh, pen-type arm. he, he offers just good, consistent stuff. I mean, there's nothing super flashy about De Los Santos as of yet, but I think 19 is a perfect spot for him. He, he gives you consistency out of the bullpen, and that's what you need. And you know me. I love my bullpen guys. And De Los Santos is, I think, looking at my list now, the highest bullpen guy on the list. So high praise from Cody. Just saying. Is is it that you love bullpen guys, or you just think every pitcher is a bullpen guy? No, I don't think every pitcher is a bullpen guy. It's just I love those swingmen. But don't you? (laughs) I kind of feel like like. Can you honestly (laughs) tell me a pitcher on the big league roster is destined at for a starter's role on any other team besides Quintana? Quintana. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, okay then. So if you're gonna come at me with the spice, have some shit to back it up, Murph. I don't want to hear no shit from you. I get, I get tonight. I guess I let okay. you. I will let you win this one. Yes, I win this one. I win. I always win. Don't 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 get it twisted, people. <laughs> All right, Murph. I, I gave you I gave you a hard time, but nineteen. Is it a marauder? No, I'm done. I'm done asking that question. No, not quite. Not quite. All right. So, so for 19, I got Cody Bolt. Oh. So uh, he, he's pitched really good. Kind of iffy on, on the whole starter bullpen thing. Kind of needs to hold his velocity up a little bit more through it longer into outings and stuff like that. But we talked, I showed you guys some, some pictures and stuff like that of stuff, stuff that I found on. But yeah. I won't go into too much details because I'm working on something with that. But if you're if you're an advanced analytic kind of guy, you're you're gonna really like what I what I found on Bolton. So yeah, yes. excited about him. Um, <clears throat> I think worst at this point, worst case, Will Crow kind of multi inning thing. If he kind of can hold the velocity kind of thing, yeah, he could be a mid to back end guy. So yeah, yeah, and Nola, you mentioned you know in the chat, um, Bolton in his best case scenario is a middle of the rotation guy. Yeah. I mean, I think, especially after watching his start yesterday, I mean, he looks like he could reclaim himself as a back of the rotation guy. Um, I think if he, especially, you know, obviously not going too much detail, if the kind of numbers Murph was showing, uh, he showed us if he could find a way to, his endurance and build consistency i think he could find himself in middle rotation talks if he finds the velocity he wants to have when he was you know 94 95 consistently touching 97 i think it would boost his stock i know me personally i'm a huge bolton fan but to be honest i don't have him in my top 30 mm. even as a big bolton guy mm. um but i, I know and as i kind of discussed with you guys on the side that for me, I just feel like the depth in the system right now would – oh, wait, disclaimer. Gary Darrell Santos obviously is allowed in my top 30 as a leader. <laughs> but, um, um, but for me, I, for me I, I do have a MLB guy, current MLB guy, Jack Swinski, number 19. Turn himself into a 2-3 war kind of guy is possible. I know, especially there's been a lot of talk like in the P2 chats about like his defensive ability because – they had him as what a 20 field, I think, value. And if you look at his outs above average currently, I think he was like 15th, tied for 10th out of 40 right fielders with a one plus one out above average. So he's grading pretty well in the outfield. It's just the power is obviously there. It's just, is he going to overall hit enough? But she's got three hits tonight currently. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and we talked about that before Murph came on. Uh, Nola was – Sawinski is kind of crazy, three for three, and his average is still 210. So it's a bit it's a bit disappointing to see. But, I mean, to be honest, you've seen Sawinski – I mean, we all have seen Sawinski hammer the ball. It's just bad luck. Mm-hmm. Lots of bad luck. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at 18, for moi, I have uh, – Murph already mentioned him, but Cal Mitchell at 18 – um, not too much higher than what you had him, but I, I think the left on left thing isn't going to hinder him as much as 
than what it looks as of right now. He's super young, facing much better talent than he would at AAA. And we've seen him at AAA and in AA hit lefties, not on a mm-hmm. super consistent basis, but at a decent clip. So I don't think that's going to hinder him. Um, the thing that does hinder him is the fact that right field is not going to be his home. It just can't be. You can't have that arm out there. It's dangerous, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that was a pretty bad throw. Yeah. He, it, he does not have an arm. <laughs> no, no. But He's I mean, you, the school of Corey Dickerson, quick throws. You could easily slot him into the DH eventually. But as of right now, there's a ton of DHs that the Pirates currently have on their roster. Uh, that they just can't slot in there. Um, most notably, Daniel Vogelbach, who has returned. The thick master is back for the Pirates, which I'm glad mm-hmm. to see. But, yeah, Cal Mitchell, the only thing that's hindering him from being top 15 is the defense. The defense, or at least the arm scares me, I guess I should say. And Travis Swaggerty has hit a home run for Indianapolis Friday night. Nola with the home run bomb on us midway through the podcast. So Green gotta, run. you got to love it, man. Bring that man up to the majors. Bring him up. It's time. And there's a guy where defense, the defense never fails him. So bring up Swaggy. Um, 18, that's me, Cal Mitchell. Murph, who you got at 18, man? Because I have a certain name that I think you're going to place. So I have a name. He's not quite a marauder yet, <laughs> unless you look on unless you look on paper. <laughs> I, I have Lonnie White at eighteen. Mm. Um, you guys know this. I've talked about this a lot. That he he is probably my he was probably my favorite player to come out of that draft class. I'm I'm like super crazy high on him. Like he he it wouldn't shock me at all if he ends up being one of if not the best player out of that um draft class mm-hmm. which which how we've seen the first couple starts of Solomedo saying something I, I just think he's incredibly raw and it's all projection and stuff like that right now so didn't have him as high as I, I did at the beginning of the year kind of just over, thinking thinking through things and stuff like that so I got Lonnie White at 18 but we get a chance to see him this this year in Bradenton or something like that um he can definitely be a guy that moves up pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, For me. I'm assuming Lonnie White stays in the FCL just because of the oh, whole yeah. Yeah. two sport, maybe three sport athlete three. he was. He like wrestled too, I think. That's or something. He, he yeah. did say, there was a third sport somewhere, maybe not as. We'd probably be better off counting the sports he didn't play. <laughs> That'd probably be helpful. Yeah. And he, he's super athletic. There's a lot of raw talent in Lonnie White. It's just I want to see what he's like full-blown baseball. Nothing else in his way. And that's why I have him significantly higher than you or maybe even Nola at this point. Um, just because of that raw athleticism. Nola, are we getting to the spice yet with you at 18? Well, actually, that, that this just means it's – technically getting spicier because not really yet but uh at 18 i mean i get i guess this is another one it just depends on uh some personal feelings about how you feel uh 18 i got g1 bay um i think he's someone that probably could uh 
be useful right now. I mean, the, yeah. the kid is so fast. He's yeah. unbelievably fast. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he seems to have gotten a little more comfortable in the outfield, and so he could play a serviceable center field. Um, I don't – he probably could still play shortstop in a pinch. I don't know if he should. Um, but, I mean, you could pretty much throw him anywhere in the outfield, second base. Um, the speed and defense plays right now. He's shown more pop, and he's shown this year it wasn't just a made-up thing last year. He's hitting the ball with a lot more authority now regularly. Um, so it looks like it's – I mean, he's not going to be a 20-home run guy, but no. he can probably get <clears throat> double digits, you know, in a season out of him maybe a couple times. But then obviously you're talking – I mean, could easily probably have 20 – stolen bases or more, especially once he gets older, smarter, reading pitchers better. Um, I think we won't go into the other aspects of G1 Bay, but that that, that could get. That's a little hairy. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I see where you're coming from with G1 Bay and that's why I have him at 17, not too far off from you. Um, like you said, the on-field product is what we need to talk about. The off-field stuff is completely separate from a ranking. So, I mean, I mean, I'm just going to parrot what you said. It's the speed. It's the show that a little bit more pop in his game. Um, I think 30 steals and 10 home runs isn't out of the question from G1 Bay. Um, mm. uh, his, when I watch him, hit and out well in Altoona in 21 and in Indy in 22 it seems like his approach is a little bit different it it seems like he's a little more patient than where he was in Altoona um which will bode very well for him because if you walk Jiwon Bay who's projected as a leadoff guy maybe as a secondary leadoff guy at number nine since there's no pitcher um, which we've seen Indy do, it it could be a deadly combination to have him on the bases because creating chaos on the base paths is what the Pirates need to do eventually to create runs mm. and actually win games because there's not a shit ton of power when you look at it. It's a lot of speed. But, yeah, I mean, G1 Bay, not quite top 15. I mean, he's, he's close for me. It's just... Mm. <clears throat> he's not quite there yet. I don't know if he's going to translate to the major leagues. It's a, it's a 50 50 for me with him. Murph 17 uh, coming after Lonnie white for you. So is it another draft pick recently or are we going completely different? Completely different. Pretty much. He's, he's in Greensboro right now. He's shown some good power numbers so far. Um, the average isn't there. The strikeouts are like really high. Um, I have uh, Michael Estado at 17. Um, he's growing on me a lot more. And um, I think, I think like we talked about on P2, who we thought the starting shortstop might be in 2025. I, 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 I do think there's a, a legitimate chance that he's the mm-hmm. starting shortstop for, for the Pirates. He's going to have to start hitting a little bit more. 
I'm going to give him most of it a pass because he's 19 playing in high A. Um, when he has been making contact, he's been hitting the ball really hard. It's just going to be a matter of finding some consistency on it. But he, he's a guy going into the season that, like, if they said that they were going to start him off in Bradenton again, I wouldn't have hated mm-hmm. that. I do like that they were a little bit aggressive and pushed him. So it, it shows that they have their faith in him. They believe that, you know, they have something there. It's just at 19, just building consistency at this point. But the defense has gotten better from last year, which that was a big thing for them down in Bradenton. Um, so I, I, I think right now he probably would be my favorite to, to be the, the shortstop down the road. Really? That's mm-hmm. that's that's pretty spicy. I, I'd say that's the spiciest thing we've heard tonight. I mean, I think I, I think it was more of a like okay, so like let's say like I haven't given up as on Pagara as being as being the shortstop. I think a lot of the issues he's had can be worked on, and I guess we won't touch to it too much until we get to yeah. him. But like even even then, you know, like our, uh, Noel and I were we talked about it, and like when it, or he brought it up about like Tampa having all these players like middle infielders in their top 10 and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And like, they, they don't, they just find a place for them. And mm-hmm. it, it may come down to, to where maybe Pagaro can stick at short, but he's athletically gifted enough to where, yeah, they can go ahead and throw him out in the outfield. And Escado can handle the glove good enough to do that. So that just makes your lineup better by having it work out that way. So maybe it might not end up being a, a, a thing that where Pagara has to come off short, just that it's better for the team to kind of align the lineup that way. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. It's just I wanted you to elaborate a little more upon that. Um, Nola, can you match that spiciness that Murph just said? I don't think I can match the spice, though. I will say I, I looked up Escado, and uh, at when this uh, podcast comes out tomorrow, um, happy birthday, Escado. Because he turns twenty tomorrow, Uh-oh. or oh, I guess, sweet. or I guess today, <laughs> or when this is posted, uh, June fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, but my number seventeen isn't really spicy. Uh, I went with Smith and Jigba. Um, part of the reason I saw him center road is he's he's a patient hitter. He's on. He's been an on base machine. Um, I wouldn't say he's a really strong defender, but he's a, he's a pretty solid defender. Um, the arm is probably a little better than Couch. His arm isn't that great either. Um, he's not particularly fast, but he's not slow. He's but he's a good base runner. And the one the one thing I'm holding out for is I I think that boy's got a mean streak in him that he could just punish base. Balls. And I'm just kind of waiting on to see if the power develops. Um, I still remember I saw a home run last year for Altoona that he just absolutely annihilated. And I, I think still waiting for that ball to drop. And um, he's built like a tank. Mm-hmm. That, that, that dude is thick. Um, okay. Smith and Jigba. I had him at 23 or 22, I think, last week. So significant jump from where i had him murph where did you have in jigba smith and jigba sorry mid 20s i believe yeah okay i, I was like mid 20s i believe 24 25 something like that maybe okay. a couple spots higher mm-hmm. i guess you could say it's a little spicy oh, yeah. 
he's got all the stuff there. It's just like a matter of how much more, if any, power is going to come. Yeah. Kind of thing, like you said. So he, he is like everything else. He's mm-hmm. sneaky, fast on the base paths, too. Mm-hmm. Um, good defender. Played yeah. center sometimes. Mm-hmm. So just you know, hit for some power. Yeah. 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 Some power. 16. 16 for me. Uh, just missed the top 15 is uh, Mason Martin. Uh, the strikeout numbers, we, we all know about it. We've stated this more times than we can count. The walk numbers, we've stated more times than we can count. But I think the reason for me that I've placed him higher on the list than expected was after, I think, Murph, you wrote the article and you had some videos on him uh, on his defense at first base. And I, I know that defense at first base isn't the most – coveted thing but can you think of the last pirate uh first baseman that actually gave you stability there i can't it's been a very long time i mean colin moran was okay uh michael chavis has been okay sutsugo has been a nightmare it, it it's been a very long time so i think martin has a legit chance to become an everyday first baseman, it's just, can that power translate? Yes. Is the strikeout rate going to skyrocket? I don't know. I honestly don't know. He's facing a lot better competition up in the major, so he's going to have to do something. But we've seen him change his approach a little bit, Murph. You stated that there are times when he's looked super patient, and that's what you need to see. Yeah. It's 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 crazy sometimes seeing seeing it because like you look at the strikeout numbers, but then sometimes you watch some of the games and you're like, like I remember I, there's like when it's been like just Indianapolis and Altoona streaming, like I, I'll tune into a couple days in a row in Indianapolis. I won't remember him really striking out. I'll look back at the box score and he did a couple times, but like he the at bats look better. It's just like we're getting the same end result with it. So yeah, and. It seems like at that point, I'm not really sure what you do. Yeah. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, like Nola said previously on a G1 Bay, but I'd have to assume he's gone off a little bit more than usual. Yeah. Some of those doubles and triples and stuff like that were because they're down like the third baseline and and stuff like that, that he's Mm -hmm. hit. And I think, I think they get a little bit, expect him to pull a little bit more. So they shift that way. So it's open some space for him to kind of run. Yeah. And, you know, with the shift ban coming very, very soon, you could see guys like Mason Martin excel a little bit more than what you'd expect because the shift has ruined a lot of these pool hitters and it it could bring back. They could bring it back. I I don't know. It's a very big possibility. But at 16, Murph, who you got just missing the top 15? 16. I have a personal favorite of mine on there. I was really big when they got him. Um, he's on the major league team right now. I got Diego Castillo, um, mainly because at this point, kind of feel like he should. He's obviously shown that he's at the. He kind of is what I thought. And kind of move him around. Even got some time in the outfield. Um, the 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 you know like to see him hit a little bit more, but I mean he doesn't play as consistently. And then yeah, yeah you know so rookie stuff and everything like that, but. He's kind of he's kind of shown that he's he's what what we got. So it's like a safe bet. He's 
good bench option. Yeah, and has the defensive ability surprised you as much as it surprised me? A little bit, because like I always kind of figured that that he was like, okay, well he, he's a second baseman, he can play third base every every now and again. Don't really want him at short. He's made some pretty good plays at shortstop. You know, obviously, not a guy that you probably want starting there every day, but he's mm-hmm. a lot more capable of it than I than I probably originally thought. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I I, I get it, man. I I don't I don't mind that placement of Castillo. Um, I need to see his bat become a little bit more consistent at the major league level before I start yeah, believing definitely. totally. And that's where I'm mm-hmm. at with Sawinski too. That's why I had him at 29. So we shall see. Um, are we going to hear Blake Sable's name, Nola, at uh, 16? <laughs> well, I mean, if we're being honest, so far, were we on 16? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. 17 through 30 truly are Blake Sable, Blake Sable, Blake Sable, Blake Sable, Blake Sable. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. It's been Blake. Yeah, with Samiri De Los Santos sprinkled in there. Because um, my, my real list is Blake Sable 1 through 30. Um, but <laughs> number 16 for me is is a favorite of mine. Not Blake Sable. It's Cal <laughs> Mitchell. Okay. Um, I, I should have wore the uh, Circle City Cal Mitchell jersey. Um, we got to get those clown and, jerseys. Yeah, and I, and I remember... Was it last year at some point? And I think even the year prior, I, I just remember looking at Cal's numbers. And I think one of the things with him, why people have never truly been that high on him, is he's never really had a breakout or splash season. Uh-huh. And, I mean, he, he never had a season in Greensboro because I think, yeah, because he was in Bradenton, which was high A, and then it was the next year they flipped. Um, So he never – Really got that uh that year that you know Fraser Gorski and those other kids got free year. Yeah. But if you look at like his like uh WRC, well plus WRC mm-hmm. way to runs created, like he's been consistent like everywhere he's gone, like like a, it's over a hundred usually, like 108, 110, and it's just been consistent everywhere he's gone. He, doesn't really walk much, but he doesn't strike out much. Like he usually will keep a K percentage under 20% or around 20%. Um, obviously, the arm leaves a lot to be desired. Um, he's, he's not he's not one of those guys that's not particularly fast, but he's not slow. So you're not going to – he seemed to become a little more of a better base runner this year, which I, <clears throat> I think that's just like a – organization wide or because they got a new like base running coach and it just seems like a lot of these guys are boosting their instincts um getting a little better at base running um but he's not a guy with blazing speed Mm -hmm. but he's not gonna hurt you in the outfield and he he himself makes some really nice plays i mean i remember a couple laid laying out diving catches last year but i think he's still pretty young and I, i think once he gets a little better settled in, I, I think he's going to hit. And I think that there's still a chance with his smooth lefty swing that he could tap into some power himself eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And, you know, you mentioned the base running ability and the fact that he doesn't have the blazing speed, but he seems to get good jumps. He seems to be reading mm-hmm. pitchers a lot better. 
Well, guys, I mean, we're cracking into the top 15 here. For those of you listening, I hope you're getting excited because I got a feeling there's going to be some very, very spicy, spicy picks coming into this. And uh, for, for for me, it's it's a little bit spicy just because of the season he's been having so far. But I still believe in him. At 15, I have Matt Frazier. I, I've been extremely disappointed in the – what is it? The – couple months we've seen so far of him but the power isn't quite where you wanted it to be I mean he was absolutely disgusting with it in Greensboro but then you start to get into the fact well it's like a vacuum there just sucks it out of the park moves Mm -hmm. up to Altoona at the end of 21 and you started seeing a lot more double power and maybe even triples and it's like okay there it is but then you get into 22 and it's like where what happened to all that and it it starts to get a little frustrating but I I believe Matt Fraser still has the ability to become a decent outfielder for the Pirates I wouldn't say a regular but I think he would provide at worst a bench option and I think top 15 is deserving just for that ability I don't know that's just me though that's a little spicy for me. I, I debated on it. I, I changed mm-hmm. this so many times, and I think Frazier at 15 is well, where it's I okay. He, he, he picked up his hitting and got a little hot leading up to that 15 slot, so. Yeah. Yeah, he, he yeah. did. It's, it, I don't know, man. It, he's, he's disappointed me, but I still believe in him. That's maybe my one guy that I'm willing to die on the hill for for this list, mm-hmm. so. That's just me. Murph, 15, who is the first in your top 15? I have pitcher for the Bradenton Marauders. Oh. Anthony Solometo. Yep. We got a Bradenton. We got a Bradenton. I'll have to go back and count how many total I had on you. But I have Solometo. Um Finally got a chance to see him, which that was that was awesome to get to see him. He looked good. At, apparently, he looked good. His his uh, start, I think, it was Thursday night as well. Um, there's gonna, I mean, it's gonna be something to watch because like that delivery didn't have as many issues with the control that I thought he would. I do question maybe how, like, even though his size, how much velocity he's going to be able to add just because of that, you know, the delivery, how much the arm movement and stuff like that is going to keep him from doing it. Yeah. Also, you got to kind of worry about base dealers and stuff like that. They sold, was it Fort Myers stole four bases in the first inning on him. Um, but I mean, it's low A, so there's a reason why he was the, the top of the prep guys that, that they took. Yeah. It, well, he's, he's, looked, he's looked pretty good his first two outings. The changeup usage, I think, is the biggest thing that popped out for everybody with him. Because, yeah, like, fan graphs, like, on their grade form, they don't even have a changeup listed for him. I noticed that because so, after his first yeah. game, I went back and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. They, they didn't even have a changeup listed. And a lot of places, like, everywhere that I read, I pulled up every single scouting report I can find on him. It was either not mentioned or, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, you know, he's a high school guy. He, he never uses it kind of thing. And then his first game, he went out there and he threw more changes than anything else. Like it was almost, uh, it was on almost like a 50% usage, I think. So it sounds so. like he's really working on it. Yeah. Yeah. 
and between him and and uh, Pro Yu Chen and Carlos Jimenez, some good changeups working. Well, yeah. are you ready? Is it time? Are you ready? It, is it time? <laughs> <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> oh shit! Here we go. Number, Assemble number number fifteen. The man, the myth, the legend, Blake Rake Sable. I'm assuming Got he's 14, 14 through one as well after this. Yeah, pretty pretty much the, <laughs> the, the rest of my top 15 uh, is just Blake Sable. Um, <laughs> and I guess a, a lot of it kind of stemmed with, you know, when uh, kind of like how in our uh, last week's or uh, 30 to 21 was kind of like how Murph was saying when he was thinking about um, – I guess when you, you were talking about your spot of Frazier and you were matching them up to everybody and you're like, well, what about this guy? No. What about this guy? And that's kind of what I was with Sabo. I'm like, well, he's just out hitting everybody. Um, mm-hmm. He's been consistent. He's showing the power again. I mean, one of the things that stood out to me last year when he, uh, <clears throat> I mean, cause he started in Bradenton and one of the things that stood out to me when he first came up, started playing in full season ball was just the easy oppo power. Mm-hmm. And then he started pulling the ball like that one game uh, a week or two weeks ago where he hit two balls, just dead center blasted. Um, so I think the biggest thing that could be a holdback for Sable right now, at least in terms of ranking him would be his final defensive positioning. Um, Cause I know he's still pretty raw at catcher. But I think a lot of it's going to depend on where Tank Davis does, and uh, if he's going to stick a catcher, how much catcher he's going to be playing. Because um, obviously, you could slide Sable to the outfield, DH. But it seems like his defense is taking a step forward. I think it took him like a dozen base runners to actually throw one out, but he's thrown out a handful now. It seems like he manages. He's thrown out a couple this week. Yeah, and I think he's he, – I mean, he, he definitely has no problem throwing the first base to pick off someone, throwing behind the runner. <clears throat> so, yeah. the way he's hitting – and plus, I mean, even as I said before, and I think I even said it when you had Sable last week, that I feel that them promoting Dins shows a demotion by promotion. Yeah. That they wanted to remain – because I know even how they've even said that they see Altoona as like the – premier development spot for them mm-hmm. whether it's really true or not who knows because they do things that makes you question it but i feel that's partially why they kept him there playing with um davis is i think they do see him at least moving above bins on the catcher death chart yeah to where they want to give him every chance to stick because i mean he's been playing consistently like it's not like shockley's been getting more they didn't bump somebody else up or activate another catcher. They've stuck with him being the everyday catcher virtually. Yeah. And I'm honestly shocked you didn't have – I thought we'd hear Sable day three. I honestly did, man. <laughs> I thought he was day three lock. Um, well, for my, for my – I mean, for my imaginary list, my not real <laughs> list, I feel like 15 is pretty good. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, not, it's higher than I had him, so – Kudos to you, man. Yeah. Um, this goes to show why you're I mean, if he was Murph didn't have I mean, if he was like a I saw myself out. 
Yeah, if he was like a high end defensive catcher, I mean, he might be higher, but that, yeah, that, he'd that's... Be on my list. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, now this might be a a tad unusual to have him this high, but for me at fourteen, I have Jared Triolo. I think Triolo came out of nowhere and 21 in Greensboro had the crazy home and away splits where he batted better away than at home. Murph's taking a drink to roast me. It seems like right now. Um, <laughs> he's he's got to wet his lips. Yeah. He's, he's, he's getting ready to, to go in, but I, I think Triolo has shown extreme defensive ability at third base, wherever the hell they want to put him. Uh, obviously winning the gold glove in the minors in 21 at third base, he's shown nothing but consistency in the field, which I love. Um, then you start looking into 22 stats and it's like, okay, it's starting to look a little weird. Cause you look at his average, it's not that bad, but then like Nola said, I think in the chat, it's, you look at his slugging and OPS and it's like, Oh, what happened? What happened? If you look at everything, Except his slugging and OPS, like you, pr- you could probably make a case for him to be in a top ten prospect. Yeah, you honestly you show, you show that you show that <laughs> slugging and the OPS and everything, and then it's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You look at his slugging; it's, it's a, it's like, man, he's, it's like, man, he's a five tool prospect. You get to the OPS. Oh, he doesn't hit for power. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and, although you know, you, I mean if. If you know about Trill outside of just looking at a stat line, you know he's not actually fast. So he's just a smart, good base runner. Yeah. And his slugging in April was 339. Mm-hmm. May it was even worse at 289. And June, we really can't count yet, but it's at 333. I mean, he has just four stakes on the year. That's, that's a bit concerning. Um, but I mean, I, I still think Triolo is, if anything, an exceptional defender. And if you put him third base shortstop, he can play at any level. It's just the bat and the power is concerning. But if he can hit for average, I'm happy. I'm happy with it. So 14, Jared Triolo, that's me. It may be a little crazy, but I am a little crazy. So there you go. Murph. Uh, do you have Triolo on your list at all? I do not. Okay. I do not. I, I looked at his slugging and his OPS, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Now, that's not to say he can – if he starts hitting just a little bit better, showing a little bit more, I don't care what his OPS and slugging is because, like, the, the glove is so – the glove is a major league glove. Yeah. It's just, like, he's – is he going to be able to hit at all, even, even in a bench role? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we could at least say that, you know, my Sable at 15 was spicy and Cody just talked my spice. <laughs> I don't, I think, I think he taught my spice for my match. I think that I, beats I, what I have I, next. I think, I think Cody just went ghost pepper chili on us. Yeah. I, I don't think I could top that. Hey, man. <laughs> Jared Chiolo, 14. That's where I got him. And I'm sticking to it. I believe in him. I do. I really do. I, I think that the glove outplays everything else right now. And the Pirates need defense. They do. Yeah. I think Triolo fits it. Yeah. Um, I mean, hey, Kate, uh, Key just hit his second home run of the season. So three run bomb. Did he, did he, 
Three run bomb. Yeah, they're still losing eight to six. Oh, they lost eight to six. So. Womp womp. (laughs) (laughs) This weekend's gonna go exactly as we all predicted. It was in. Oh yeah, it is. Murph, uh, I'm sorry I topped your spice, but go ahead at 14. You man. did. I'm a little disappointed. Like I'm, I'm a little let down now. Like I don't even want to. I don't even want to do this no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I intentionally I have, kept that from you guys. That's good. That's good. I like that. That's definitely good. So I think I'm. I'm almost fairly certain this is the last time I get to say I pick a, a Braden to Marauder on this list. Sad face. Um, I, I went with – this was going to be the spicy pick, I felt like. I have Carlos Simeone at, at 14. And I made a lot of changes. I did a lot of – Yeah, you did. I, I know you did. Yeah. <laughs> you were conflicted. <laughs> it's what, – what really changed it for me was, like, obviously I went through and watched a bunch of his games again. And what it came down to was the PT roundtable that we did. Mm-hmm. Um. Where where we we talked about who who we liked a little bit more, Jimenez and Solomito, and I went with Jimenez. And I think if and I said if I went with him there, I don't I don't see how I couldn't go with him here. And then also thinking about it, he probably has the best changeup in the system right now, so that should get you some bonus points off the bat that you have the best of a singular pitch. Yeah, mm-hmm. the fastball is mid nineties. Hasn't been too bad locating it. The curveball, you want to talk about the changeup a lot. The curveball is almost as good. So, I, I, I think I think for all the struggles the minor league, some of the minor league teams have had, he, if we're looking for like a breakout guy, he's probably your favorite right now. I like that. I, I, like, I like it for a breakout lot. pick. Yeah, it I, I, I just think there's not, not many options right now. So someone. Like who, like yeah, we. I've seen his name thrown out there, and Cody. I know you posted like one of his like training videos or something like that in the off season or something like that. I think, mm-hmm. and um, so like his name's been out there, but I've never seen anyone throw this kind of thing out there yet. Yeah, like I think I think he's hitting. He's kind of blindsided everybody. Yeah. Yeah, he did. It, so. FCL, he pitched pretty well, though. If I'm not, if memory yeah, serves me correct. Yeah, he didn't pitch. He didn't pitch bad. But obviously, like there's not like we could just go off the, the paper numbers, right? With, with it mostly, but like now that we've actually gotten an eye on him, it's like, man, how did how did we all miss? Or like, was it just that big of a jump yeah. he took? Yeah, yeah so. I, I know when when we did that podcast, you know, leading up to the season, and people were uh, one of the. Inbox questions was like players that look forward to him praised, and we did mention Carlos Jimenez. Yep, yeah. yep, we did, and I'm glad he's working out because I mean, now I get to he, see more changeup videos. Yeah, and I, I mean, it, it probably is true that if he were a stateside kid, oh, um, we know about this. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, this 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 is common knowledge. He he's 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 already. He was probably going into the season as a top fifty, or he probably makes fan, fan graphs. What is it? Fan graphs gave off sixty-one players on the Pirates yeah. thing. He's and probably think, inside that list. Yeah, and I think the one discussion we were having the other day, I think between like me, Wilbur, and Tim, was how big he actually is. Whether he's six foot, six two. Yeah, because uh, what is it? The website had him at like one fifty. 
Yeah, that was, I think, his signing weight when he. I don't think they MILB. His MILB page has him at six two one forty. The Pirates media guide has him at six foot two eleven. Yeah, yeah, he's. I don't know if he's two. I don't know if he's two eleven, but he's not one forty one fifty. No, no. Like some podcasters think he is. No, yeah. That you like if you if you look at him one time if you watch one of his games and you still walk out of that saying he's one forty, like I'm 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 sorry I'm, but yeah, fourteen for me is a uh, hopefully eventual marauder. I, I put Lonnie White. I love that. it. I love it. I just I mean I guess and at this point it's just a lot of uh, projection and hoping on what's been said about him and when he now that he can fully focus on baseball it just the size the combination size speed power everything it's just it's a lot to dream on right now and i i, I want to see i want to see an action yeah there's not a lot to go off of lonnie as of right now i mean we saw the very brief stint he did in the fcl he what was it first game he hit a home run over the mini, that was that was a yeah, that was a, that was a shot too. Yeah, yeah, he got a hold of that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if he focuses solely on baseball, I mean, the sky's the limit for him. I, I've said it a couple times now on the podcast where he's extremely athletic. The raw athleticism is insane. It's just can he put it all together? I mm-hmm. think he can. That's why I have him. He's going to be on today's list, but higher uh, for me. 13, my favorite number of all time. I got T-Swags, Travis Swaggerty, man. Yeah, I got Travis Swaggerty. I believe in Travis, man. He had an extremely rough start this year, and it was, okay, is it the injuries talking? Is it actually what he's going to be? And then now he's just turned it on. And Nola, in the middle of today's podcast, he was like, he had another home run. Things are starting to come together for him, and – the defense is never going to leave him. He has that ability. And mm-hmm. if you add some pop into his swing and if he hits for average, shit, man, he should be higher. But 13, lucky number 13 for me, that's perfect placement for Swaggerty, especially what he's been doing recently. So I have I mean, I, and no problem. Injuries aren't good. It's not good to get injuries, but if he's going to injure his shoulder, I'm glad it was his non-throwing shoulder. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the biggest part because he does have a pretty good arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you mentioned this earlier, I think it was a couple of days ago, Nola, where if you bring up Swaggerty, do you move Reynolds or do you put Swaggerty in left field? And I think that's a big topic to think about because he's shown he could play left or center field. He has the arm for it, but mm-hmm. do you move Reynolds? And Murph, you chimed in on it. And I it. think it might be. Yeah, and I, I think yeah, yeah. We, we we had a we had a nice little long talk about that on there mm-hmm. with a, a couple people with it. Yeah. So where, where I'll, do you I'll see it? That if you want. Yeah, go ahead, Nola. Where, where do you see him? Yeah. Well, no, I was just gonna say, you know, kind of like what we were talking about the other day. I mean, I know me personally, I technically never wanted Reynolds to go to center field, mm-hmm. but it was more a case of need because it was like, who else yeah. are they gonna put there? Marte's gone. You need to put someone there. Yeah, I mean, well, they they originally tried Alford, but he went like and, one and for Fowler. forty. It was like, yeah, Alford and Fowler, and then Tom, and then yeah, yeah, and it just no one's 
was clicking, so they stuck him there. And so, I mean, I could I could see in Murph's regards, how you know, you go to Reynolds and say, look, how do you feel about this? And it yeah. could just be a case of – because I, I feel if you're going to bring Swaggerty up and you're expecting him to stay, then you want to go with what is going to be your projected best lineup. And your yeah. best lineup defensively is going to be Swaggerty and center. But I could see a case where, you know, it's just like, hey, Reynolds, we're going to leave you there for now. We're going to wait till Swagger to get acclimated. Wait till, you know, kind of clicks. He's hitting. And you're like, all right, he's staying. You're going in center field now. Reynolds, you're going back to left. Yeah. And you mentioned that the advanced analytics are not very kind on Reynolds. At where no, he's at. They're, they're, they're bad this year. And that's yeah. what I think last year it was like last year, I think, Outs above replacement on baseball seven were really high on them, but Fangrass was really down on them, mm-hmm. like DRS and all that. Yeah, but this year nothing's in his favor. Murph, lucky number thirteen, man. Who you got? I got Travis <laughs> Swaggerty. Oh shit! Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, bro. And you know what? That, that's the last minute change that got got us to even up like that. Okay, that's, so, yeah. I think that's the first matchup that we've had I, on I the pod. So, yeah, yeah, I can mm-hmm. dig it, man. So I, okay. he's hitting better. That's that's really the only thing. Like I've said it, I've been saying this for I think ever since me and Cody started doing doing the podcast. Like at worst, he's a fourth outfielder. Mm-hmm. So that right there, like I'll take that all day long. Yeah. If the, if he starts hitting some, then you're starting talking about an actual major league starter at that point. Nola, do you have a uh, T swag the 13? <laughs> I did make a last minute change. Oh, shit. But no. Oh, damn. No, I don't. You ruined the trifecta. Uh, I, I have. I know it would have been fantastic, but I have Nicholas. Okay. Nicholas at 13. Nicholas. I think, uh, especially, especially when, you know, talking about whether guys are going to be able to remain a starter and all that. I mean, and again, I mean, he, he pitched a great game tonight. He hits 94, 95 regularly. He spots it well. Um, the breaking ball looks strong. Everything. So, I I like what I've seen from him. I think he has potential to stick as a starter. Yeah. And he pitched, what, four or five or six perfect innings in one start not too long ago? In Richmond, he he did he went four perfect. Four that perfect. Was the Sunday game that I went. To. Yeah, it was the Easter game I went to. Okay. On there, four perfect. He only threw like fifty pitches, if that, before. Like Efficient. he was he was just blowing through them. Yeah. Yes, that game that game was by far the quickest game that we went down there. It just and then and it went to extra innings. It's a good Easter present. It yeah. is. Yeah, it is a good <laughs> Easter present. Uh we're into number 12. We're uh, close to the end here, boys. And for me, I think I got someone who's going to become a very big fan favorite as the season goes on. And he actually starts playing some games and that's Bubba Chandler. I got him at number 12. Uh, I think Bubba is a big question mark as far as where the hell are you going to put him? Are you going to have him just bat? Are you going to have him just pitch? Are you actually going to do the Otani thing? This year, I don't know, but it's very intriguing. And I think if you have him play either way, he's going to look good, look great. I'm mm-hmm. not sure yet, but 
I think Bubba has all the tools and the intangibles to become a very good player, whether you want to play him in the field or pitch or do both. So Bubba, 12, second to last pick for the night. I'm very, very confident in it. Murph is shaking his head at me, y'all. Shaking it. Why? Why are you shaking your head at me, man? You'll you'll, you'll find out in a second, but... <laughs> for, for for my number twelve, go ahead and say we were really close to matching up again. Really close. Kiwan Bay, um, I I think he's just at, at at this point, like like you guys said, looking completely just at on the field stuff. He is one of the more talented players in in, in the system, and he's just kind of. It was always just how much power is he gonna is he gonna hit? Is he gonna hit it for any power that lets him get to the majors? And now it's just it came last year and it's still coming. And he, you know, he what is it? He, his slugging percentage or his OPS or something like that at, at one point is, is like higher than Mason Martin's. Mm-hmm. So he he he's walking a little bit more fast. Some one of the fastest players in the system too. Um, I think. Still need to kind of find a, a defensive home, second base. There's a lot of options at second base. Yeah, I, I've, he, he's gotten better at center, but it's still a really big work in progress. I, it's he seems more to a, have trouble tracking the ball. Yeah, that that's been the main issue. He's a little bit in trouble tracking, but like with that kind of speed, if he that's the issue that it. I'm gonna have, yeah, I can work with that because like he can just if he misreads it right off the bat he has the speed to, to yeah. catch back up to it. So, you know, Fangraphs mentioned it at one point that, that a lot of people said that he, he had the kind of talent to be a, a top 100 guy at, at one point. And I think, I think we're finally kind of seeing it here. And you think he's still, he's still young. He's really young for triple AP. He's only 22. Yeah. So, and he's doing that knocking right on the major league door. He, I didn't think we would see him in the majors this year. I didn't think there was kind of a rush because he's you don't have to really put him on the forty man until the off season, yeah. but I he he's quickly paying his way into probably getting a shot at some point. I think he was my surprise. Uh, one of our preseason podcasts, I think he was my pick to as a he was. like su- surprise guy to make the majors. Yeah, which mm-hmm. and I think it was kind of ironic. I, I mean, I mentioned it earlier. He actually did play shortstop tonight, so. Yeah, he's played a couple. He hasn't looked bad there. Like he made a couple good plays, mm-hmm. and not really like throws that he had to make, but he like athletic plays and stuff like that to get to the mm-hmm. ball. So you like my number twelve though? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Bubba Chandler. <laughs> Let's go, bro. Man, I should have just flipped him. <laughs> Let's go, bro. Yes, I mean... two matchups. I mean, I I might have had him higher, but you know he he fell a little bit due to the lost flow. Um, he he lost the flow <laughs> yeah, factor. Yeah, the so, mullet factor is gone. Yeah, it, he has no more flow factor. Hopefully, he grows it back. He uh, said he was. Okay, that's good. That's good. And then yeah. I'll probably move him up a little bit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be interesting to see what becomes of him and how they're gonna develop him. Um, yeah. Again, another kid that's finally focusing on one sport. I'll be two positions. So, and it's, and I, which, and that's something I want to see because watching BP of him, 
it was not pretty. Mm. His swing was not good. It was stiff, hitchy. So I, I'd like to see where how far that's come. But the pitching videos, those look good. So oh, yeah. Oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, who was it? Was it John Van Benscoten or Ben Scotten, who was mm-hmm. like literally the best hitter and they changed him to a pitcher? Now, do you see the opposite yeah. with Chandler? Out of LSU. I hope, yeah. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> Man, they ruined him. I, I don't care. He could have been. Yeah. Very good. Well, and that's what I mean. I guess, and that's why something like this probably is a strong way to go because you don't know. I guess he, you don't not really sure. Like if they would have done that with JVB back then, you know, they could have put him on both sides and been like, "No, you're terrible at pitching. Let's stick to the hitting." Yeah, yeah. Seems like a simple fix. Yeah. Um, okay, number eleven for me. I I've been talking about him all night. Where am I going to put him? That's Lonnie White Jr. He he's number eleven. Just missed the top ten for me. Uh, I, I have nothing more to say than he has extreme athleticism. He has pop. He can play the field. It's just I need to see him in actual games. What is he going to do? And is a mm-hmm. actual season of just focusing on baseball going to help him uh, develop mentally? Yeah, absolutely. But how well will it develop him? I don't know yet. And mm-hmm. that's that's my last pick of the night, boys. Lonnie White Jr. I think that's a pretty high note to end on. Murph, I'm assuming it's going to be uh, Bubba at 11. Yeah, yeah. I was really, we, we were really close there going for the trifecta there. Um, if, if, you had, if you had asked Nola first for, the, for who his number 12 was and you guys matched up, I absolutely would have swapped Bay and Bubba in between them, just so we could have done it. <laughs> and the night. Because I wasn't sure what, what Nola was going to do, I stuck with it that way. Um, oh, okay. But I got Bubba, and you guys saw how far I dropped White down, even though how high I'm on it, just because I haven't seen him. So I kind of struggled back and forth of where I should put Bubba. But, like, the two-way factor, Nola said, like, the swing wasn't pretty, but I'll give him a chance there. What we have seen, like the pitching stuff on him, has me like his, his future's on the map. He, he's going to be a pitcher. I'll, I'll, as long as it doesn't affect his arm or anything like that, I'll let him go as long as he can with with going both ways for it. If it starts looking like it, if the velo starts dropping and stuff like that, like we'll have to probably call that into question. Um, but in the meantime, let him do it if he wants to do it. I mean. That was part of the agreement of him signing. We gave yeah. him $3 million to do it. So let them, let them do it. Um, but the pitching, what we've seen, looks really good. I'm really mm-hmm. excited to see him. Um, and it has me excited enough to where I kind of look past the, the projection, where it's like mainly projection. We haven't mm-hmm. seen much live. Yeah. So. And I think one of the more intriguing factors is where are you going to put him in the field? Is he going to play in the field? Or are you just going to DH him? They've been given like he's like he's short been playing shortstop. Yeah, you gonna like, put him at the most athletic in position? The last year. I mean, he, I mean, he at, at least like athletically, it looks like he can play there. But then, then you're talking about like that's wearing on your arm, exactly. And, and like, mm-hmm. how many? If you're gonna play him at shortstop, how many? You're gonna probably want to give him a day off before he pitches, mm-hmm. a day off, a day or two off. Then, how much time is he really getting into the field? Then, 
right. doing it that yeah, way. Yeah, because like you almost feel like you're just better off DHing him mm-hmm. the entire time. Right. Maybe you do some side work in the field so he stays fresh with it. So then that way it is still an option. Yeah. But I feel like having like it holds back his development a little bit. Just having fielding as well. When I wonder if it'll be something like something where, uh, and that's one thing too with playing shortstop is you're probably putting him at one of the most actively using your arm positions that he mm-hmm. can be at aside from catcher. So maybe it'll be some fashion of like he'll get like one rest day after pitching, then play shortstop and have two rest days before pitching or like DH the two days before pitching, something yeah. like that. Where you have like off days on either side of when he's pitching. Yeah. It's going to be interesting how the Pirates pr- approach this because they saw, like Murph said, they signed him with the intent of using him both ways. So we'll see how they do mm-hmm. it. But I no one's stipulation of it. That's yeah. why so many people pass him. I'm going to finish tonight on a high note. Travis Swagger. Oh, really? And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I uh, I got a little hyped after the home run, and I bumped him off after the home run. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're moving this guy down, this guy down. Travis Swaggerty, you're coming up. Mm-hmm. I mean, because already, I mean, I I was, I guess that that just kind of like the climax of like, okay, I think he's back, because. Mm-hmm. I was super high on him last year just because he's never had a high K percentage. And that's one of the things earlier, I mean, a few weeks ago, um, I was talking to some guys about it and it's just like, okay, he has a 35% K percent, 35 K percentage. And I'm like, that's unlike him. He's never had one above 25. Like mm-hmm. he's not, he's not right right now. And he still seemed like he was patient and disciplined. It's just timing was off. He wasn't making contact. I mean, obviously, the speed and defense were there. And as we mentioned a little earlier, that he hurt his non-throwing arm, which – so you don't have to worry about the arm like we did with Blanco. Mm-hmm. So you still got the speed and defense. handle center field. He's going to swipe bags. And then that's when – I know a lot of people were really down on him his first half of Braden time, and that's why I was so stoked with last year, right? Because off the bat, it's just even his outs were like long flyouts to the warning track, line outs to the center fielder, or line outs to the shortstop. And like he was hitting it hard, but it was just loud outs. And yeah. I was just waiting for that. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be more than a 10, 15 home run guy. I think he could be similar to what was it uh like his second third fourth season like Marte where he was like a 20 30 bad guy double digit home runs 11 12 15 yeah strong defense speed I think uh, I'm excited for Swagger to get a shot I'm ready I am too and I think I think we generally had Murph you had him generally higher too didn't you I think I think this is ballpark about where I usually had him. Yeah, I don't think I ever had him like right at or in the top ten. Yeah, but it was um in the ballpark. I, I think, it's like, like I said, just because the the just you know the the floor is so high on him. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that it helps with that. 
It's not as high as Jared Triolo, though. Just want to say. I think Swaggerty Floor is probably a gamble. Mm. You think? Like a, well, I mean, I, I guess in a good gamble, we'll say. Like gamble like, like, like this the, year. Or even like the gamble we had last year. Not not the full season gamble, but like I mean he was on track he for almost like a two war player. Um if you stretch out how he was playing for us. Okay. Now here, here's the you know last question for you before you know we wrap it up. Is a two war player drafted in the first round a good pick for you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if he's a consistent two, three war player, yeah. I mean, because okay. I mean, because a player just making the majors in its own is a feat. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is that, is that what we should shoot for? No. But also, especially being Pirates fans, if you look at our history of first-rounders, it's a huge step up. Plus, I mean, it, I was even looking through some drafts recently. I mean, if you even go through the Rays drafts, if you go through the Diamondbacks drafts, both those teams – for the large majority have been awful at drafting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the Diamondbacks have had nobody until Dar uh Bar show in 17. And then so now you have Alec Thomas 18 and you have like Corbin Carroll 19. And but up until 2017, they were awful. Mm -hmm. The Rays, they had Blake Snell in 2011. And then oh, which one was it? Uh, not not Josh Lowe, not Nate Lowe, the other Lowe, the one that's hurt, Brandon Lowe. And I think he was, I want to say 16, maybe. But so like that five-year period, the Rays had absolutely nobody mm -hmm. that they developed. And then even after Lowe, so far they've really had nobody. outside. And then, I mean, Franco was an international free agent. Yeah. But other than that, so, yes, I think if you could get five years of two war out of Swagger to get, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's not pick. what you should shoot for, but I think it's a positive. For, for the Pirates, it's a good pick, first round. Yeah. Fun, okay. fun fact about the 10th overall pick, I wrote about this before the season. If you look at the last 10 Position players that were drafted mm -hmm. tenth overall, they averaged per 162 games 1.72 WAR. So it'd be above average then. Looking at ten years of it'd be yeah. two WAR from him. Technically speaking, that's that's yeah. you you got an above average return on on a yeah. ten, on the tenth overall pick. This is well, the no, Travis Swaggerty I mean. Truth Hour. Yeah. And that's what I mean. I'm not. I'm not saying swaggerty for people that are probably gonna blast me for saying that. But I'm not saying swaggerty and Gamble are identical players. But that, like a 750 OPS swaggerty with his speed and defense, mm -hmm. is at worst. Like, I mean, like Murph said, a fourth outfielder. And he Take could it. still, I mean, even that kind of guy could still be an everyday outfielder with yeah. the, the speed defense and everything. But I think he also could be better than that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think the floor, like we all were saying, is the biggest thing with Swaggerty. And he's mm-hmm. definitely going to reach his floor at least. So we're ending this podcast on a very high note with uh, T-Swags. I had him at 13, Nola at 11 to end the night. So very big night. The next two podcast episodes, boys and girls, are going to feature, well, the third one's going to feature uh, 10 through 6. And then the big episode where we announce our very, very big announcement uh, will be five through one. So look out for those. And this is where we end the show, guys. So we're going to give out our socials so you can follow us. I will give out my social first. It's at Murfanko, M-U-R-P-H-A-N-K-O on Twitter. Give me a follow so you can see my funny tweets. That, that's about it. Uh, Murph, go ahead and give out your socials, Big Bear. As always, give me a follow on Twitter at double underscore Murphy88. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. We're up to 61 subscribers right now. I got some cool stuff coming out all right, that I just uploaded for, for stuff tomorrow. So subscribe. Have a looky. Yes. Have a look-see. And I don't know if you heard my dog in the background, but she agrees. Harper is a Murph stan. She doesn't like bears, though, for some reason. Uh, anyways, Louisiana Ted, Nola, give out your social, man, yeah. so uh, you can get past that 100 follower mark. Um, I'm past 100, man. Yeah. Oh, I'm behind I, the times. Yeah. I, th- I think I need, like, 70 to, for my followers to pass my following. Oh, but, uh, shit. At, at Nola Jeffy, N-O-L-A-J-E-F-F-Y. Are you going to change Louisiana Ted? We don't know. I don't know. I don't really have a purpose to yet. Okay. It, it seems to have gotten the clout for you. You got the following now. So yeah. you got to keep that on a roll. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, guys, we love you very, very much. And uh, please rate, review, and subscribe the podcast so uh, we can get this out to as many people as possible. And to the, ver- to the pretty big amount of people listening in uh, England, Great Britain area. I want to give you a shout out because you are the second uh, in the rankings as far as who's listening to this podcast. So NS9, I don't think you got the British clout that we got. So good day to you, governor. And uh, good day to you, folks. Probably just uh, lost a couple. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) That's all right, man. That's cool. But guys, can we please do this right this time? And let's... Go, Bucks. Go, Bucks. No, (laughs) you bastards.